Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have your Bible very quickly, turn with me to 1 Samuel 23 and verse 1. It's my exact reading from last week. 1 Samuel 23 and verse 1. So what the word of God says, then they told David saying, behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah and they rob the threshing floors. They fight against Keilah and they rob the threshing floors. And I kind of started this last week. I'll finish it this week. Robbing the threshing floors, robbing the threshing floors. May God, that is a blessing to the word today. And you may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Last week, I started this series or just, it's really just going to take me just a couple weeks to get this done. So a short series on the threshing floor and uh, the robbing of the threshing floor that the Philistines came down and they fought against the city of Keilah and a part of their attack was to rob the threshing floors. And uh, they were not only robbing uh, the threshing floor of its produce, but they were robbing the threshing floor of its instruments. If you look this up, it was more than just they were robbing the floor of, of the actual produce that was there. They were taking away uh, the wheat, the barley, the grain. But they were robbing the threshing floor of the instruments They were taking away the instrumentation of the threshing floor. Now, last week we had a little bit of a problem is that uh, we were out of storage on our uh, our, um, recorder, and so we didn't record last week. And so we are not live streaming Sunday school. Uh, We're not live streaming Bible study because we only have so much space to live stream. So we're saving that live stream space for our 11 o'clock service. So if you want to go back and hear Bible study, you're going to have to get connected to our podcast. How many know that Truth Chapel has a podcast? Amen. We have a podcast, and if you have, uh, uh, if you have a droid, you can go to Spreaker, and you can listen to podcasts there. If you have an iPhone, you can go to podcasts on your iPhone. You can listen to all of our sermons, all of our messages uh, from, from the last few weeks. And that is going to continue on. We want you to get involved in that. I want you to connect with that. Because there's a way you can always go back and refresh and rehear the word of God. But it's also a great tool that if you're talking to a friend or a neighbor and they say, man, I, you know, I'd love to hear some of your teaching or some of your preaching or whatever it may be. You could just turn them on very quickly to the podcast. Uh, this week I was in North Carolina with my father and we had a, a, a conference there. It is the, Na- the Native American Ministries and Evangelism. Uh, conference and it was a great time and we had a, a, a great services, great move of God but every service someone different came to me at some point in time and said hey I love your podcast it, it, it helps me out you know I go back and listen and they were like we're thankful that the podcast is recording messages again because we went a while there and didn't update it put, put new messages on it and 
They're like, man, we're excited that it's back. So there's people listening to this podcast all over uh, America right now and maybe even other parts of the country. So it's a great way for you to turn your friends or your neighbors or your family on to the church as well. You know, it's 2021. A lot of times we, we feel like our first impressions, and I've said this before, you know, our first impression is the parking lot. That's the first impression we can make on someone is their parking. If it's okay and they can find a parking spot, that's really the first thing that people experience. But that's kind of shifting, I believe, in 2021. And, and really, our first impression is either what people see online or what they hear on a podcast. Because a lot of people, before they'll come visit you, they're going to pull you up online. They're going to pull your website up. Or they're going to pull you up on Facebook. And they're going to watch a service or they're going to uh, pull you up on a podcast and listen to a service. And so really, for a lot of people in today's society, that's our first impression. And that's one of the reasons that you see really nice lighting, really nice staging, really nice video cameras. Everything is nice because we want you as a saint of this church to be able to say, hey, go to my, here, look, here's the name of my church. Go to our Facebook page and watch a service. And you're going to feel great about that. You're going to feel like they're going to get a great experience. It's going to look good. It's going to sound good. It ain't going to be somebody's phone sitting crooked on a stack of books in the corner and you can't hardly hear anything, okay? And, and you know, uh, the pandemic caught a lot of people by surprise. They were not set up for that. And so we saw a lot of really bad, really bad Facebook, you know, live streams. And we're trying to bring ours into a place of professionalism really as an outreach tool. Remember when I poured those ping pong balls on the stage? Is, all this is so that we can reach people where they are and you as a saint can say, man, go, go check out my church's Facebook page and you're going to feel so good about that because you know when they go there, they're going to have a great experience. They're going to see something nice, see something professional and, 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 and it's not, you're not going to be wondering <laughs> what, what are they going to see when they go look my church up. Amen. That makes sense to everybody. So turn, turn yourself onto the podcast, Facebook page, and um, you all, you'll see, listen to hear our Sunday school teaching on there. But because of that, I want to kind of go back a little bit and talk about uh, some of the things I talked about last week with the threshing floor. You see, threshing is part of the harvest that we don't talk about a lot. We, we love to talk about harvest, and we love to talk about harvest time, and and we, we understand that harvest is the time of celebration and harvest, harvest is the time of, of gathering in and gleaning and all of our hard work has come to this moment and everything that we've done, all of our planting, all of our toiling is now culminating in this moment and we are experiencing harvest and it's beautiful. We talk about it. We preach about it. It is a great type and shadow. However, one of the things that we leave out of harvest a lot of times is threshing. And threshing is literally separating. So the, 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 the easiest way for me to define threshing for you is separating what is usable apart from what is unusable. And what we need to know that is every part of my life and every part of my character and every part of my personality, every part of me is not usable in the kingdom of God. There are parts of me that I need God to, re to help me remove, to separate from myself so that I can be prepared and be usable for the kingdom of God. If God wants to use me as a part of harvest, 
and God wants to use me a part of his great plan, I need at some point to visit the threshing floor because it's a place where God takes away, separates, and it's a type and shadow. This was, a, this was an agricultural thing that the people that lived in this time that we're reading about today, the people that lived in this time, this was a part of their everyday life. It was, it was like super normal for them to think about the threshing floor. It was, everybody knew what the threshing floor was. It was not uncommon to, to you know, to them. You know, for, for us today, we, to meet somebody who would say, what's a, what's a grocery store? What's a supermarket? Would be crazy. If you met somebody like that, maybe in the hills, West Virginia, you might meet somebody like that who would say, I've never been to a grocery store before, you know, and, and there's probably people on this planet that never have been, but it's very few never been to something like that, a market or whatever. So for them, the threshing floor was very common. It was a part of their agriculture experience that when we took in harvest, we took in everything. We took in everything, and everything that we took in was not usable. Everything that we took in was not part of what we would use at the end. At the end of it, we would have barley. At the end of it, we would have wheat. We would take that, the usable contents, and we would take it, grind it, mill it, cook it, mix it, bake it, and eat it. The end result, the end result is something that is edible, right? The end result of the threshing floor is something that can be used for consumption. And here's what we need to know is that at the end of God's vision for your life, your ministry, and, 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 and God's full plan for your existence, the end of that in God's mind is something that is edible something that is consumable, something that can be used for his purpose, something that can be used for his kingdom, something that can be used to move the gospel forward. And that is what the gospel is. The gospel is the gatherer of the harvest. Here's what Jesus prayed. Jesus did not pray for harvest. That's not what he prayed for. He did not say pray for harvest. What, what Jesus said was pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into the harvest to gather. And when the laborers went into the field to gather the harvest, they did not go by every strand of wheat or every stalk of barley and check it and cut it individually, make sure they had it. What they would do, they would just gather everything. They would gather it all. They would gather the wheat. They would gather the barley. They would gather the weeds. They would gather the grass. They would gather everything that was there was taken in that's why the gospel is not a rod and a reel but the gospel is a net when, when, when we break the gospel down to a rod and reel and we're trying to reach a certain group of people a certain uh, you know like a certain um, ethnicity or a certain age or a certain group we we are not that's not the gospel there, there are churches who have broke down the gospel to a color, to a status, to a, come on somebody. They broke it down. They're only reaching a certain group of people. And that's not true gospel. True gospel says we're bringing in everything and everybody. That, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. When, when, when we preach the gospel, it's a net thrown into the sea. And whatever comes up in that net is part of what we're, we're gaining. And you could catch a shark or you could catch a boot. 
you catch anything because it's the gospel. The gospel is the net that's thrown in the spirit realm, and it's, and it's gathering of all shapes, all sizes, all colors, all races, all creeds. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it brings in everything. But just because it brings in everything doesn't mean that everything is usable. Here's what the Bible said. Many are called. Few are chosen. God is reaching everybody. God is, we, True Chapel, we're reaching everybody. We, we want everybody to come. Come as you are and, 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 and be excited about it and, and, and be ready because God is going to put you as a part of the harvest season. God is going to put you on the threshing floor. And he's going to start breaking you down into smaller and smaller, smaller pieces. And that threshing floor that the Philistines were robbing, they were robbing the instruments of the threshing floor, the millstones. See, the millstone was either pushed by human or pushed by oxen, but under some power, the millstone was rolled over and over and over again on top of the barley or the wheat, and, and, and everything was thrown in there. All of it was thrown in there. And that millstone, as it went around, it just, it just crushed it, and it broke it, and it, and it broke it down into smaller and smaller pieces. And then the, the, the harvester would take his fan. He would take his, that's what they call it. It's a fan. It's like a, like a you know, sometimes it's like a, it looks like the top of a basket. Or sometimes it can be like a larger pitchfork with like uh, almost like a netting across it. You can, you know, look this up on Google if you want to. And they would take that fan. They would take it and put it down into all of the broken pieces. Now looking more like powder than long stalks all broken up. And they would take it and they would throw it up. And everything that wasn't usable, the wind would carry away. The threshing was always done in the evening when the breeze was blowing. Gathering was during the day. And in the evening time, there would be threshing. And the harvester would throw up. He would throw it up. And, and as he threw it up, the, the, the things that had weight would fall back in place. But the the unusable things would be blown away. And they would always do it in a certain way so they would all gather. And then they would take that what was called chaff, C-H-A-F-F, chaff. They would take that chaff, the unusable part, and they would burn it. They would burn the unusable parts. And that's called threshing. And we have to understand that a part of our walk with God is threshing. Is that God is breaking us down piece by piece, so that he can get separate in us what is usable for the kingdom and what is unusable for the kingdom. The Bible speaks about this in many, many different areas where it talks about the harvester and the chaff. When, when the disciples, well, when, when Jesus was telling the disciples about the owner of the field who sowed the barley harvest, and his servants came to him and said, listen, master, in the night, the enemy came in and they sowed tares amongst the wheat. And we, now that they have a little bit of root and they're starting to grow, we, we can kind of tell where the, the wrong is from the right. And so we should go and we should tear that up. And, and Jesus said that the Lord of the harvest said, no, don't, don't do that. He said, because if you, if you take that out now, you'll ruin it. 
You'll ruin everything. You'll kill the tear and you'll kill the, the harvest. You'll, you'll destroy the tear and you'll destroy the barley at the same time. Listen, there is a season of separation. It can't be all the time. That's why a pastor doesn't close line preach. That's why I don't get up here every Sunday and, and preach about what we don't do, what we shouldn't do, and what some of y'all are doing that's getting on my nerves. Right? Because there's a time for separation. And here's the season of separation. It's when you are already harvested and you're off the field and, and you're ready to be harvested. Here's what the Lord said. He said, now listen, there will come a season when the barley and the wheat and the tare is full grown. We will gather it all. Here's what the Lord of the harvest said to the servants. He said, don't touch it right now because there's coming a season of separation. And so let it grow together. Let it grow together. Let it look the same. And at a certain season, we'll gather it all. And what is unusable will not survive the threshing floor. We will separate it on the threshing floor. And the word of God, the word of God is that heavy stone in our life that continually goes round and round. And it breaks us down more and more. And we, you, can't, you can escape me. And you can es escape a church standard. But you can't escape God's word. You can... You can you can say, hey, you know, I don't, I don't really believe all that. I don't want to do all that. And that's fine. That's your business. You, you're an adult. And, and you can do adult things. But if you want to submit to the word of God and submit to the man of God, there's going to be a season in your life when there are things in you that you realize, hey, I can't, this can't go with me to the next level. I, you know, I, I did this here and it grew with me. And I was able to do this here. But in this next season of my life, in this next season of my ministry, in this next season of my relationship, in this next season of what God's doing in me, there's some things that have to stay here. It can't come with me. Moses uh, or Abraham told the young men, he said, listen, you and the donkey stay here. And me and the young lad, we're going to the mountaintop to worship because everything can't go to the mountain with you. There are things that you took on your journey that you needed to take on your journey. If you would have got rid of them early, it might have hurt you. But there's a certain place where there's a separation and only me and a few things can go here. And we look around the room today. You look around the room. And this is Bible study, y'all. This is Bible study. So if you show up to Bible study, that means you're ready for me. Ready, you know, you want to you learn. And so, and so as you look around the room today, you will see people that live differently than maybe you live. Maybe they live a less standard. Maybe they live a higher standard. Maybe you see people who do things that you still do and you, and you don't understand why they don't do those things. Or you, they, People dress a certain way and you're, you don't understand why they dress that way. Whether it be on the high side of morality or the low side of morality. On the high side of standard or the low side of standard. And, and here's what I want to say to you is that all of us are on a different path. But all those paths. All those paths at some point have to go on one road. And that one road is the straight and the narrow. And there are not many that find it. That's what the Bible said. There are not many that find it. How, how I got there is different than how you got there. 
And how you got there is different than the next person that got there. But, but there comes a time when, when, when God is going to put you on the threshing floor and, and, and that heavy stone is going to be just, look, it never gets off kilter. It's always heavy. It ain't going nowhere. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, he said heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one tittle, not one period of my word is going to pass away. It's always there. You, you can't escape it. And if you want your life to be usable, you must first go through the threshing. And, and the threshing looks different for all of us. And I've been through seasons in my life when I wondered, God, what are you doing to me? Why is it so hard? And, and why is my flesh fighting my spirit so hard? And I realized, you know what, God? You're not, this isn't to crush me. This is just to break me up so that I can be usable in the next season. I, I get it now, Lord. What I thought came into my life to hurt me, it really just helping me. Because what I realized in those seasons is I learned something. I learned great lessons. I learned hard lessons. I learned how to trust people. And I learned how to not trust people. I learned how to open my heart. I learned how to close my heart. I learned how to give. And I learned how to receive. And in those moments, in those seasons, that was a moment where God was taking things out of me that didn't need to be in me. Yeah. Here's, I started on this last week a little bit, but I want to just, just close this door for you here. Bring it back around. What, what I see in today's society is what the Bible tells us is that in the last days that people will not hear sound doctrine. But they will want their ears tickled with a word that pleases them. They don't want to be told you're going to have to change. They don't, they don't want to be told, you know what, we don't, we don't really live that way. We don't believe that way. We don't believe this. We believe this. And the reason we believe this was not because of what somebody said. We believe this because of what the Bible said. And there's going to be people, and especially in today's society, we are, we are there, where they're going to try to rob the church of the threshing floor. In some countries, it's already happening, where pastors and preachers are not able to preach what thus saith the word of God. They have to say it in a certain way that it can be translated in another way to maybe be saying something that you might be wanting to say. But if they came out and said it straight, it would be labeled as hate speech. And they would be in trouble. There are things, listen, this is America, freedom of speech, and it's 2021. But there's things that I can't say today. Now, I could say it because it's a free country. But people would be angry. People would be mad. People will be upset and you say, well, why, why wouldn't you say it? Not because I'm afraid of anybody, but it's wisdom. With all you're getting, get understanding and wisdom. You see, one-on-one in a Bible study, I could tell you exactly what the word of God said. But in a public setting, when I'm talking to everybody, I don't know who's here today. 
And I had a friend just a few months ago in his large church making some very true but very difficult statements about, you know, a group of people. And there was a lady in his church who was from that, those group of people videoing it. It hit YouTube within the hour, and he went viral. And his next church service, they were lined at the front with protesting and signs. And this is a man that I know who is a Pentecostal preacher. And what he said was true, but he said it without wisdom. And all it's doing is muzzling the oxen. Here's what the Bible said. Do not muzzle the ox as he treads out the corn. Do not muzzle the ox as he treads out the corn. And so what the world is trying to do is muzzle the oxen because the oxen pulls the stone. And how can they hear if they don't have a preacher? For God hath chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. In order for the stone to be pulled, we need an ox. And I'm a little overweight today, uh, so I'm going to offend myself here. But spiritually speaking, I'm the ox. It is my job to pull the word of God back and forth over your life. And you ain't going to like everything I say. That's fine. It's my, it's my job to pull the word, to open the Bible and say, thus saith the word of God. This is what the Bible says. I know what the culture says, but this is what God says. And I pull that millstone, the word of God, it's the oxen job, to pull that millstone back and forth over your life and to say things that hurt and to expose the word of God to you in a way where your flesh and your spirit are sitting in that pew wanting to sit in two different seats. And the flesh is saying, yeah, he can't say that to me. And the spirit is saying, yes, I need that. I received that word. And you're sitting there fighting, and it's okay because the Bible said, the word said that the flesh is going to war against the spirit, and the spirit is going to war against the flesh because we don't want to be threshed. We don't want to be separated. We want to think that I am who I am, get over it, and deal with it. That's just my personality. I do things my own way. That's just me. Deal with it. Well, you can say that to me, but you can't say that to God. I'll, I'll do my best to accommodate you, but the word, that stone, it ain't ever going to accommodate you. There's never been a grain of wheat in the history of mankind that stopped that stone from rolling. That stone does not accommodate you. It doesn't accommodate your personality. It doesn't accommodate your belief system. It doesn't accommodate your religion. It doesn't accommodate your skin color. It doesn't accommodate your background, your ethnicity. It doesn't care. It doesn't care about your culture. It doesn't care what your mama said, what your daddy said, what your auntie and your uncle and your great-great-grandma said. The stone don't matter. It's just going to roll over you. It, 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 you can't stop it. It's word, it's sound, it's true. And I'm the ox. And hear what the Bible said. Don't you muzzle the ox. Don't muzzle him. When he treads out the corn, don't put a muzzle on him. Let him tread out the corn. I'm not here to be your daddy. I don't want to be your daddy. I sleep a lot better not being your daddy. I'm not coming to your house and make a bunch of rules. It's not how I pastor, and I'm not going to pastor that way. It's not going to happen. It's not who I am. 
I was raised in a different system than most of y'all can even imagine. Okay? And, 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 I, and I don't want to be in that system. Because what happens in that system is confusion. That's what happens in that system. It's a system of confusion. Because when we start taking what man thinks, what man says, and how man moves something for a different cultural thing, what happens is it doesn't match up with the word, and people start getting confused. And they say, well, if, 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 if they can do that, why can't I do that? Because the Bible said, and now you want to catch 22 because you're like Jesus when he looked at the Pharisees and Sadducees and he said, you closed up heaven to my people. He said, because I gave you 10 and by the time I showed up, you had 6,827. And so as the as the ox of this church, when it comes to God's word, don't muzzle me. Don't rob yourself of the threshing floor. Don't rob your life of the threshing floor. If it hurts you, if it offends you, it's probably good for you. If you can come to this church for the next 20 years and never have the pastor say something that doesn't really sit well with you, you need to find you another church. But we need to be tested in the spirit. I'm not going to preach like this in the 11 o'clock. not going to happen. If that's what you want, then you're in the wrong place. I don't preach like that at 11 o'clock. You know why? Because I'm throwing a net at 11. I'm throwing a net. In this service, in this service, I'm going to pull that stone. In this service, I'm pulling the stone. And here's what happens. When God looks down to Gideon, when God looks down to Gideon, he is on the threshing floor in Judges 6. And he tells, tells Gideon, he says, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor, and I'm going to use you to deliver your people. And Gideon's on the threshing floor, separating what is usable from what is unusable. That's Gideon's job, is to separate what is usable from un unusable. And so God says, okay, Gideon, here's what I want you to do. Go get you an army, and we're going to fight the Midianites. And Gideon's excited. He said, let's do it. He puts out one call. Hey, guys, who wants to fight? 30,000 men show up. Whoo, hallelujah. The Bible said the Midianites were numbered like the sands of the seas. It's a big army, okay? It's a big army of people. And his first call, his first call for the army, 30,000 men show up ready for battle. And I know Gideon's heart is probably like, okay, this is good. 30,000 men, that's a lot of people. We're excited. This is great. The Lord speaks to him and says, Gideon, you can't use all this. And Gideon is about to go through a threshing. We find Gideon at the threshing floor, threshing wheat and barley, but we're about to watch God thresh him. He says, God, this is great. I got 30,000 men. We're going to go put a dent in this enemy. And God says, I can't use all this. He said, Gideon, here's what I want you to do. Just tell the men, if any of y'all scared, it's what the Bible said, if any of y'all kind of scared a little bit, go home. And the Bible said thousands of them were like, peace. And went home. And Gideon's like, Lord, you know, you know, you know what, you know, there's only a few thousand here left, but you know what, we, 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 
we could do it with, with, with this. You know, I mean, you know, those guys, we didn't want those guys fighting with us anyway. They were cowards deep down inside. And, 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 and Gideon starts getting ready, and God says, you know what, you, Gideon, you still got too many. You have, the, this many men are unusable. Some of these men are unusable. For real, God? You see, it's easy on the threshing floor, Gideon, when you're just separating wheat and barley. But now God's separating people from your life. He's saying there's an enemy to destroy, and you can't do it with all this. He says, so I want you to take them down to the water, and I want you to let them drink. And every man that just sticks his head in the water and gulps, send him home. But every man that pulls the water into his hand and keeps his eyes up, take him with you. And, and, and I don't know how Gideon counted because it was thousands of men, but there was only 300 dudes that pulled the water in their hand and kept their eyes peeled for the enemy. And now here's Gideon with 300. And he's like, Lord, are you serious? I went from 30,000 to 300? Lord was like, yeah. You did. Because I'm threshing you. Just like I found you on that threshing floor, Gideon, and you're separating what is usable from unusable, I'm showing you in the spirit realm now that everybody that comes into your life isn't usable. Every relationship you have isn't usable. Every person that's on your team right now isn't usable. Every, every element that you've brought into your life, every moment of education, every moment of growth, every, every moment of personality and design and who you are, everything about me is not usable. And God is continually threshing me. And he's saying, hey, listen, if it does this, don't, don't take that with you. If it does that, don't take that with you. If it looks this way, don't take that with you. And it's all well and good until you look around and you say, Lord, this is not enough. And God says, you're right. With, with, with you, it ain't enough. But here's the deal. I'm not going to give you enough because I know what you'll do, Gideon. If you have enough, you'll pose for the picture and say, look what we did. But I broke you down to only usable parts. I put you on the threshing floor of life. And I broke you down to only usable parts. That way, when the victory comes now, all you can do is say, look what the Lord has done. And he said, Lord, how do I use these 300 men? And the Lord said, let me show you how. And the Lord gave him a plan. Tell them all to get a, a lantern and a, and, and a pitcher and, and have them go around and stand on the outside edges of the Midian camp. And, and at, at the certain time of night, I want them to stand up, light that torch. And as they light the torch, break that, that pottery and then scream with a loud voice. And if you understand the army of the Midianites... The Midianite army had a captain for every, I think it was every 10,000 men. And I may be off on my, on, on, on my math right here. But the, but the Midianite army had a captain for every 10,000 men. And the Midianites knew that they would put their 10,000 in, into array when they would light a lantern and break a piece of pottery to be heard and they would scream charge. So the Midianites, when they are getting ready to go to bed, 
they see 300 lanterns light in the distance. 300 pieces of pottery broken. This was not an Israelite thing. Lighting a torch and breaking pottery was not a Jewish thing. It was a Midianite thing. But Gideon didn't know that. Gideon didn't understand the Midianite army, but God did. And so as the Midianites looked out, they saw what in their mind was 300,000 men. God used the enemy's tactics against them. And they thought every torch represents 10,000 men. 300 torches, 300,000 men. And they got to being so scared and trying to get out of each other's way. And they screamed to one another and said, oh no, Gideon and his mighty army has come upon us. And in their haste to get out of the way, they got into arguments with each other that we should stay and fight or we should leave and wound up fighting each other. And by the time Gideon and his little 300 men got there, the enemy had killed themselves. Why? Because God can do more with what he leaves in you than you can do with everything you think you need. With every personality trait you think you need. With every piece of education you think you need. God said, listen, the word is going to break you down into a small piece of usable equipment. The harvest looks so great, but after the threshing floor, it's just a handful. But that handful can feed your family. And that handful can promote the next harvest for the next generation. I can do more with your 300 than you can do with your 30,000. Let, let me be the operator of what's left. God sometimes, and I'm closing, God sometimes has to break us down into small enough fragments that we understand only God could have done this through me. When my ministry started, I was so broken as a human being that I never thought God could do this with me. And my wife will tell you, I continually tell people all over America who watch us. There's a lot of eyes on us. They watch our church. They watch what we're doing. Several people came to me this week and were like, I can't even believe that it's only been nine years I watched your service last week. Oh, my gosh. How? What are you doing? What's your secret? Tell us. Everybody wants, you know, a 12-step plan on how to succeed or whatever. But I continually tell people all over America, I have no clue. <laughs> it's by the grace of God. And I know why God does that. Because I've spent a lot of my life on the threshing floor and I'm still willing to go back to it as well. And God has broken me down into so, so small fragments that if he does something great with my life, I can't, I can't pose for that picture. I can't, I can't put up a banner and say, man, look, look what Court Chavis did. I can't do that. God took away that ability in my life. If he'd have left me with 30,000, I probably would have said, man, we did it. We did it. 
Look what we did. But he broke me down so small on the threshing floor of life that at this point I have to say, man, look what the Lord has done. And I know what he meant now when he said, I, I won't share my glory with anybody else. I won't leave you any room to take my glory. If I do something in your life, if I do something in your ministry, if I do something in your family and it's going to be me, there is only going to be the opportunity for you to say, look what the Lord has done. Because if it had been up to me, I would have lost it all. If it had been up to me, there's no way I would be here right now. There's no way. Absolutely no way. If it was just up to me, that I would be where I am right now. But look what the Lord has done. Thank God for his saving power. Thank God for his mercy that endureth forever. Somehow to thank God for his grace. I thank you for grace. But to tell you that it didn't hurt would be a lie. To tell you that it didn't bother me would, 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 would be a lie. To tell you that I stayed on the threshing floor and never complained would just be a lie. But there were seasons, Elder Brother Summerall, where I said, God, I don't like this. I don't want this. I ran from this. I ran from ministry because I didn't want to go to the threshing floor. If I could have stayed foolish and been used, I would have stayed foolish and been used. But there had to be a switch in my life where I said, Lord, I submit myself to your word even when it hurts. I submit myself to the millstone being drug over my life all the time. I submit myself to it. And I say, Lord, whatever you want to do is fine with me. And if I have to give things up, I give things up. If I have to sacrifice, I sacrifice. If I got to call some friends and say, hey, look, man, I love you, but we ain't hanging out no more then that's what I have to do. And what I want for you as your pastor, as your leader, what I want for you is I just want you to submit to the, to the stone and say, Lord, whatever the word says, that's what I want to do because I want to be usable in the kingdom of God. Don't let the enemy come and rob your threshing floor and tell you that you don't need it and to tell you that the only way that God can use you, if you is if you stay happy all the time. And the only way that God can use you is if it always feels good and if it always fits into your plan and if it always matches what the culture is saying right now. And if, uh, you know, if I can be cool on Twitter, then I must be cool. But listen, you're not going to be able to do the things of God and be cool all the time. You're not going to be able to hold truths that cannot be shaken and be popular all the time. It's just not possible. There is a threshing floor that we all must go to. And if we allow the enemy to, he will tell us that we don't need it. And he'll rob us of the instruments of the threshing floor. He'll take away the voice of the man of God in your life. And he'll ultimately take away the power of the word in your life. And you'd rather read books than read the Bible. And get your spiritual gleaning and your understanding from people of great education instead of people of great prayer. Stand with me. If I don't stop. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. 
God bless and have a great rest of your day.